We recording? We're doing it. All right, Dom. I know I started off the last show with a, or one of our previous shows with a, um, talking about the weather. I'm not yeah. going to talk about. I'm not going to talk about the okay, weather this good. time. Um, good. I'm going to talk about a more serious topic because uh, an article notification just popped up on my on my phone about how movie theaters used to be no phone zones, mm. and now that landscape is changing. And am I going to take this personal? I'm not a. I'm not a. Natural selection is not something I fully agree with in many <laughs> situations. But if you're the type of person that just sits on your phone throughout a movie <coughs> and is like texting people and checking Twitter and like, listen, I, I like when I'm in a when I'm in a theater, I check my phone to like make sure my blood sugar is okay because I have a continuous glucose monitor, like. It's just something I do to make sure I don't need to like take insulin or like go get a snack or something because it's just it's something that's always in my mind. Yeah. And like if something's happening in my personal life that I need to make sure I'm not like missing out on, I'll check my phone. But if you as a human being think that a movie theater and phones mix, you should die. Now, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying that I'm going to be the one that kills you. I'm saying we should get our government involved. Oh my God. And and they should be the ones that kill you because you are one of the worst humans to ever exist. As you know, as you know, I am a serial phone user. I know you are, Dom. And every time I see you pull your phone out, I think can someone else just kill this motherfucker? I just please? be I just be Texting anybody, and like, dude, I I only text in movie theaters. As soon <laughs> as soon as those lights go off, I'm like, oh damn, I gotta catch up on my text messages from the last month. I love texting in theaters. One of my favorite things to do. In fact, one time you and I went to a movie. Mm-hmm. I actually don't. I don't remember what it was. It might have been Spider Man. No. What was? No way home, maybe. It might have been No Way Home. I think it was. I'm talking about I when you were checking on the, the Chiefs. When I was basically watching the Chiefs game yeah. inside my t-shirt. So here's the thing. I use my phone, but I use it respectfully. Yeah. Okay. Brightness all the way down. Yeah. Phone in the shirt, looking through my shirt yeah. collar. You do it okay. so people don't notice. I do it so people don't notice, except for the person next to me. Which is me. Which, it should be stated... There are almost always two people next to you. I only ever know one of them. So, more often than not, I'm sure that I leave the theater and somebody goes home and they're like, can you believe that motherfucker that just kept checking his phone the whole time? And then I'm like sometimes whispering to you about not even the movie, Mm -hmm. most of the time the movie, but sometimes just things that I look up. Yeah. I'm also... um, I can't help myself but to pull up the IMDb page of any movie or TV show I'm watching while I'm watching it. Why? I don't know. What compels you um, to, to do this? Usually, usually it's like, that guy looks familiar. What have <laughs> I seen him in before? Let me pull up the IMDb app, search his name. No, not even his name because if I knew who he was, I wouldn't have to search. You wouldn't have, I have, wouldn't to, have do to search. That. I'll just find that movie and scroll through and find his picture or the, the like character. The cast oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you crazy motherfucker. Where were you going with that? I was saying I wish people would die, but that, 
listen, I don't have a murderous bone in my body, okay? I just find, like, again, unless something, like, serious is going on in your... If you're, like, live streaming on TikTok, your movie theater-going experience, I want to take your phone and throw it (laughs) at your head, okay? I hate that shit. I hate it so much. And people like don't turn their brightness down and they keep their they keep the they don't put their phone on vibrate. So like when someone calls you can hear the ringtone. I have a hot take for you. Yeah? It is more distracting to open your candy in the movie theater than to pull out your phone. I'd rather you be on your yeah. phone than opening up your Sour Patch Kids. Yeah. Open that shit ahead of time. Open that shit during the trailers. You, you open that God. bag during the trailers yeah. and you set it in the cup holder or on the right. little tray table. Right. Dude, I've 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 a couple times before been like, like the 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 movie's about to start and you get like the you get the production company logos mm-hmm. popping up, and it's like really quiet. Yeah. And like the first scene starts, and I just like grab a handful of popcorn and just I'm like, <laughs> or like, you're over there. Holy shit! The, this is so you're loud. You're over there sipping the ice drink that you have already drank the already full finished. thing of. You you're gonna have to pee in thirty minutes, but you're over there just slurping yeah, it up. Yeah. Dude, oh man. Listen, people are annoying in the theater. I get it. But I swear to God, I swear to God, I just see so many articles popping up now about how like, these people are acting in movie theaters. And I just want you to know, if you're one of those people, you hate fuck them. you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Not a, no, I, not, not that I hate you. It's that <laughs> fuck you. Okay? You go straight to jail. You go straight to jail. Right away. Right through there, straight through there. If we lived in my country, you'd be in jail for the rest of your life. I hope you know that. You never get to go to a movie theater again. Immediately banned. Five years in jail. No food, no water. Hope you live through it. Sorry, I don't make the rules. I do. It's my country. Yeah. But well, I listen. I don't want to kill anyone. I just I do find that shit so fucking frustrating, man. Anyway, anyway so anyway, sorry. This is a movie review. It is. Um, it is, believe it or not. This is a movie review. We're a little late to this review, but we also late to the game, but. we also weren't really in a hurry, right? Um, and that's kind of because the Spider Verse now franchise, soon to be trilogy, mm-hmm. has kind of established itself in not just the animated film world, but also just the world of superhero movies mm-hmm. as kind of one of the mainstays yeah. which is the the case study of the Spider-Verse franchise to me is fascinating when um Into the Spider-Verse came out it was kind of only marketed to like a niche crowd yeah you had probably heard of it but you were mm-hmm. it was one of those movies where you're like eventually it'll go to streaming I'll see I'll it. see it and yeah. it did go to streaming fairly early on mm-hmm. this time around it was like a full-on promotional campaign yeah. for Across the Spider-Verse. And I think the best part about it is that the the filmmakers and the franchise kept their integrity. Mm-hmm. The, the movie is everything and more that Into the Spider-Verse was. <clears throat> yeah. They didn't really let the box office go to their head. Right. And, and or they didn't let the box office affect the way they were going to make their movie. Right. They just did it better. It, and it all like it became must see entertainment. Yes. Like this sequel, there's so much hype around the sequel because of how much people loved the first. Right. How much people loved the first movie. I just dropped some trash. Um, and 
I think that was, I mean, they did such a good job with the second film, like you said, kind of with the marketing and just like presenting it as, you know, this first movie was just so, it was, it was such a lightning in a bottle yeah. type of deal. And they took that and ran with it and they made, they made, they put together a project that succeeded on so many levels and exceeded expectations on so many levels and had too. legitimate box office draw for a, huge a, a type of draw. film that typically wouldn't you know what's crazy in the past since endgame because endgame is like the end of an era right right for, for superhero films since endgame the only two great marvel movies or great superhero movies across the board have been spider-man movies That's a great take. I think uh, truly, like, I loved Guardians three, but my issue is with Guardians three is it just made me feel like I was in old Marvel times, and it just kind of made me upset more than yeah. anything that I was watching something like that and not getting to experience that with any new characters. And it, it, it's not the it's not the movie's fault necessarily because it is a really good it's a good and it's a really fun movie, but like. I don't know, it just didn't have the same impact on me that other MCU movies have in the past. And again, it leads me to think that in the last four years now, yeah, four years, the only two truly great projects we've gotten from Marvel and from DC have been Spider-Man movies. Yeah. Which kind of sucks, but also is kind of a testament to how good these stories were and how yes. how well thought out they were and how well developed they were and how much time and effort the creators put into them. And I think it, it kind of goes without saying now, but after, after years of, I don't want to say mishaps, but kind of, yeah. Sony's management of their remaining Marvel characters yeah. has been very well executed. Yeah. The way that they have chose to portray their characters, mm -hmm. where they have decided to form partnerships and where they have decided to yep. kind of let some characters go in order to yeah. thrive with the ones mm -hmm. they have, they're doing a great job. And I think that this specifically kind of points to, at least to me, the potential, especially in this era that we're in where Disney Marvel is headed in the wrong direction. Right. I think it kind of opens the door for some of those remaining Sony Marvel Universe characters yeah. to really thrive. To, yeah, this, to have a place. This version of Spider-Man is one of the best that we've seen. Yeah. And it's it's kind of strange for, for people who aren't familiar with the franchise or for people who didn't see into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. It's kind of hard to convince people like this animated movie... Mm -hmm is one of the best superhero movies I've seen. Yeah. Not, it, ju not just one of the best animated movies, although it is that. Yes. It's, it's, it's at the same time one of the best animated movies I've ever seen, mm -hmm. as well as one of the best superhero right. now franchises that I've seen. Right. And for people who aren't familiar with it, that's kind of hard to explain to them, right. especially after years of right. big box office Marvel success. Right. It's one of the best, like you said, it's one of the best animated movies purely in style alone. Yes. And that's what sucks to like have to try and convince people who are like, eh, it's an animated movie. But and I, I, my, my argument is always, yes, and it's, 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 it's a form of animation that you just have not seen unless you've seen Into the Spider-Verse. Unless you've seen Into the Spider-Verse, you have not seen a form of animation quite like this one. And the amount of, of depth and texture 
that this animation style has is just so yeah. freaking cool, man. And it's hard to like it's hard to explain this style of animation to anyone because it's kind of it's very unique to itself. Yeah. Right? Like if you talk about hand drawn animation, you can talk about hundreds of different types of hand drawn animated films. If you right. talk about computer generated animation, you can talk about Pixar and, and the work that DreamWorks has done. This movie is obviously it's computer generated imagery, but it, it it's done in a way that just doesn't look like anything we've ever seen before. And now there are really only two movies that look like it: Into the Spider Verse and Across the Spider Verse. Right. And that alone makes it to me worthwhile to watch. Yeah. Just seeing this style play out across two. It's a longer movie. It's like over. It's over two this, hours. This one was longer. Yeah. And stylistically. And, it's so satisfying to watch. Yeah. Like even, even if you're not familiar, there there are so many references mm-hmm. and Easter eggs in this film. I oh, yeah. couldn't even imagine trying to catch them all. Yeah. Independent of all of that, even if even if at any point you're like confused about who someone is or you don't get the reference that everyone else in the theater is clapping for, just stylistically, it is so satisfying yeah. to watch. And it takes even more risk stylistically than the first one did. Absolutely. It goes further. It tra- it, 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 it challenged, the, the creators challenged themselves to do more with the animation than they did in the first, and they already did a ton in the first. Like, right. That, they already the went first so one far was, in the first. was <clears throat> groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, you're right. This one goes above and beyond. And I would right. say, when you watch this movie, and maybe this is just me being romantic about film. Mm-hmm. When you watch this movie, watch the credits if for no other reason just to give the due that is deserved for these artists for that these animators it. and the people. You're never going to know their names. Right. No one will ever know their names. Mm-hmm. But the team of artists and animators that worked on this movie deserve they every deserve heap so, of praise that right. can be thrown at them. So much credit. They deserve so much of it. And you know, the honestly the the writers and the directors deserve credit too because this is a this is a great story. Yeah. This story that they yes. they set up. Now I will say this movie does suffer from what I'm 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 calling it I'm calling it part 1 syndrome where certain films or or stories are being broken up into two yes, two two parts. And the successful ones play out like a season of television, right? The successful ones present you with conflict and resolve some of them but by the end the major conflict is still there and it's becoming worse by the end of the by the end of the 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 movie yeah right those movies avoid part one syndrome because by the end you still feel satisfied by the things that do conclude and that do come to an end but you're you're excited for what's coming next. Just like a perfect season of television plays out. Like a season of television that you know there's going to be a season two. They leave strands for you, but they also resolve a lot of things along the way. This movie kind of suffers from the syndrome because pretty much everything is unresolved by the end. It just kind of ends and all the conflicts are still there. Nothing feels quite fully resolved by the time you're done. Right. And... Well, that does suck. It, the story itself is still very, very compelling, and obviously the animation and the direction of the film is very, very compelling enough so that like it doesn't really detract from the movie, but it does. You, it did leave me feeling a little just like 
kind of empty at the end of it. Like, man, I kind of wish part two was just already here or they just decided to make this a four-hour movie because now I have to wait two years to actually get some of those conclusions. Whereas, like, some movies like like uh, the new Mission Impossible, actually, does a very good job of this. Um, Dead Reckoning resolves a lot. And then by the end, it gives you the kind of the big... It kind of gives you the big the big piece that ties the conflict together and, and propels it into part two. Yeah. It doesn't have part one syndrome because a lot of the things that happen in the two hours and 40 minutes do actually get resolved in some sort of way. Right. And I think part of that... <clears throat> now, it's always good to have a plan. Yeah. <clears throat> but this the Beyond the Spider-Verse is going to come out in March... Well, no, I think it got delayed. Well, it was going to come out it was going to come out That's in March. a discussion for another time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is an important one, but it is mm-hmm. for another time. It was originally going to come out in March, and almost to your point, part of me was like, just release it at like Christmas this year. Like, yeah. Let's, like, what, like right. let's get it done, right? Yeah. And it, let's get it done and get it out. I think that as far as the storytelling goes, this movie also took a lot more care with with its characters for, you know, developing, especially um, Miles' parents, yeah, Jeff and Rio Morales, yep. they have so much character and, right. you know, so much, you feel empathy for them. Um, and I think in ways that they weren't really established in the first movie, mm. um, the film has a lot to say. Listen, I'm not a parent. I'm not a parent I w- either. I will be one day. I'd imagine that, like, parents would love this movie if for no other reason, because of the relationship that it portrays between right. Miles Morales and his parents and, and kind of what they're going through. Now, I'm not Spider-Man, so my parents didn't have to go through the same things that right. they're going through. Of course. But it does have a lot to say about, you know, being open and honest with yeah. the people that you love. And, it, right. it and re- the flip side, <clears throat> allowing the people that you love Mm-hmm. To leave if they need to. Yeah. Like that type of idea is is really played out throughout the movie, but it gives a lot of depth to these characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really it does a great job of, of contextualizing. And I think the best Spider-Man movies do that. Spider-Man 2 is yeah. a great example. It it really contextualizes the personal relationships that Peter Parker, or in, in this case, Miles Morales, has with the people that he's closest with. Now, with Peter, it's you know, it's his aunt, it's his best friend. With Miles, it's his parents. Yeah, it's it's a different type of relationship they get to contextualize than they do with the Peter Parker storyline because Peter Parker's story is very different from Miles' story. Right, right, and for them to spend so much time, really, with like the first hour of the movie giving us all of this beautiful context and this family drama and the way it, the way it all plays out is just so it's very it's very it's full of like very emotionally satisfying moments moments that that really give each of these characters so much depth and personality and it makes you understand them on just a completely different level it, it does what like the best superhero movies do they're about these otherworldly people with otherworldly abilities on a very human level. Yeah. And it puts them down on the most human level they possibly can. And this movie does that with like characters they didn't do that with in the first movie. And it has to, it, there has to be a struggle when it comes to, I guess, for lack of a better word, managing your personal relationships. Mm-hmm. Like there, these characters have to have some way of separating their superhero life from their personal life. Right. Um, and I think in a way that, 
just the Spider-Man story in general uh, across most of them goes, this is this does feel like a coming of age story, right? More so than the first one did. The first one yeah. was like you know learning about his powers and and right. his kind of development into Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. This shows Miles development into right. a man into a man yeah the first movie feels very much like an origin story like a lot of first yes. superhero movies do this one i think in a lot of better ways like you said it's it tells a much more compelling story than that not that the first movie's story isn't compelling because it is but i think this one benefits from being more compelling from yes having a much more um a much more not not necessarily relatable storyline, but just a story that that people can kind of get attached to a little bit easier, because you kind of you get rid of like the development of the main character, and you get him in a place where you understand who he is, and then the other people around him get that development, yeah, based on his actions and his decisions that he makes throughout the throughout the story. Yeah, and some of that to me, some of that development with our secondary characters was a little bit frustrating to me almost like they took it too far specifically with um with Gwen Stacy Gwen so yeah. played by Haley Steinfeld um well voiced by Haley voiced Steinfeld by Haley Steinfeld um I don't think they do we, any mocap we in could this. probably there's a couple of these characters that are for sure worth mentioning so yeah. Shamik Moore was Miles Morales mm-hmm. um Brian Tyree Henry was Jeff Morales Luna Lauren Valles was Rio Morales. Those are kind of the big four, I suppose you could call them. But with Gwen Stacy in this movie, I almost felt like they took the development a little too far. They they Mm -hmm. built it up in a way that made later on what felt to Miles, and I guess to me too, Mm -hmm. that kind of betrayal of Miles. Right. They built up his friends in a way that made that like so frustrating to watch, even right. from my perspective. Yeah, I was like, "Don't do that to them." Like, why would yeah? Come While on, like, also trying to be like, "Oh, they're his friends." They almost to me, they they tried to make it out as tough love, and yeah. it came across as betrayal. As and, betrayal, and that yeah. was frustrating because there is even to those side characters, to Peter Parker, to Gwen Stacy. Right, there's a lot of depth to them, and I was like, I don't want to see them take a step back from. Right from that development because yeah. that needs to continue in beyond the spider verse. And mm-hmm. maybe that sets them up for like a redemption, a redemption of, kind of sorts. Arc. Yeah. But in my opinion, there shouldn't have to be one. Right. It's yeah. It's kind of like, <clears throat> yeah, it is. It does feel like like Peter B Parker, I think is what he like is called in the, it's, uh, Oh, I can't, Joe, I can't remember the actor's name. Jake Johnson. Jake Johnson is Peter B Parker. And then yeah, Gwen, like who are very much established as as people who like have Miles's back. And then right, they kind of go through this like regressive process in this film, which at the end, you're right, just like again, and I think this is part of like the the part one syndrome that this movie suffers sure. from. Yeah. Is like we don't get to see that kind of like redemptive arc play out because we're gonna have to wait and in, in an unknow an unknowing amount of time yeah. to see that happen. Like there isn't any like satisfying conclusion to that part of the storyline. And there isn't really any satisfying conclusion to any part of any storyline. And, and, and while some of them feel proper, like they feel like that's what the, the movie should have hung on by the end. 
like the fact that Miles' dad is about to die. Right. That's a great cliffhanger to have. It's an amazing, amazing cliffhanger to end on. The issue is there are like a ton of B-plot cliffhangers that we also have to wait on, like like what Gwen and Peter did to Miles. And, right. And how their entire, the, everything, every decision that they make throughout this movie is like just kind of shitty towards Miles. Yeah. I do love Gwen's background with her father. Yes. It's a very that that story plays out really well, and that story actually concludes on a very good note. Yeah, um, it's a very very satisfying kind of arc throughout throughout this movie's runtime, giving us a lot of context to Gwen's character and her relationship to her father, um, and the way that it sets up the eventual explanation of the canon events, which is yeah, like it's such an interesting way to portray this story, especially because with a film like this, with just the idea of the multiverse, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to see infinite versions of the same characters. Right. And that description of all of these, these events have to happen to every Spider-Man in order for them to be Spider-Man. Right. Right. And so seeing that play out in our other characters is mm-hmm. super interesting. Right. Um, some of the, some of the comic book references and just different God, versions of so, Spider-Man were, so many of were them. super cool. Yeah. Um, the, the, Reference to Donald Glover was yes. awesome. That Seeing, was yeah. That was one of the few, um, like live action moments. There, yeah. there was a couple yep. just flashbacks to the old Spider-Man franchises right. that just uses like like actual footage yeah. from the films. Exactly. Basically. But inserting Donald Glover was really cool. For those that don't know, Donald Glover was the inspiration for Miles Morales. Yeah. Um. And so, like, adding that into the story is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Seeing now that not only are there multiple Spider-Men, Spider-People, right. Spider-Pigs. Spider-Pigs. Um, there's also different versions of... Spider-Noir? Spider-Noir. One of the better Spider-People. Arguably. Um, there's also different versions of Miles Morales that don't yeah. become Spider-Man. Right. And so right. we learned that. Mm-hmm. I think there's maybe still hope that the other versions could become Spider-Man. Right. Right. But that's those, those canon events really tie in all of these characters and what what yeah. it does is it gives them a shared understanding of each other's background. Right. It's it's a, a different level of understanding than they had in that in the first movie. Yeah. Knowing that they all kind of come through from the same place, right? They've right. all they've all been through the same things. Right. And there are a lot of moments throughout this like the uh a lot of like Miles decisions and the decisions of the people around him like disrupt the canon events. Yeah. Right, that are that that should impact that universe's version of Spider-Man, and ultimately don't because these guys are are coming in and, and changing the canon. Right, they're and, and they're unknowingly for some of them. Yeah, and and they're also they're they're unknowingly like creating a tear in the multiverse that shouldn't be there. That was one of the that was one of the bigger like emotional gut punches. Uh huh. Um is when the when we learned that when Gwen was calling for Peter's name as he was about to get crushed by that building yeah that it wasn't because she wanted to save him it was because he was interrupting the canon event yeah. and when when Peter real or not Peter Miles, Miles yeah sorry when Miles realizes like hey they they weren't trying to stop me from getting hurt they were trying to stop me from 
saving, saving people. these people. Right. Like that, like his emotional response yeah. to that, like that was a gut punch. It is, it's, yeah. it's so interesting watching a movie like this yeah. where I guess it's just, it's kind of strange to have an emotional connected right. connection to animated characters. It's right. just not, it also like it plays a lot with like what these other spider people perceive as miles is like, naive perception yeah. of what spider people can and can't do but from miles perspective it's not naive it's just what all of them used to think at one point that you can right. you can save everyone if yeah. you try you can to, to if i try to save them i can do it yeah and to but to them it's like this like they have this otherworldly view because they've experienced more than he has and they they perceive it as him just being this naive kid yeah but that doesn't make sense to him because he understands that at one point they thought the same way and it's not wrong to think differently now. Yeah, in reality, he's just not following their rules. Right, right. He decides that even like even even with their experience, they don't have to be thinking this way now. And that they don't know better than him just because they've done it longer. Right, just because they've been in it longer and they've experienced... They might know how to be a better Spider-Man, so to speak, right. but their, their decision-making, the way that they carry themselves... Mm-hmm. And, you know, it doesn't have to change just because they've been in the game so long. Right, right. Um, I think that, and really the the story of Across the Spider-Verse, it, you could kind of insert any number of stories into this this film. But what the impressive part was the way that they built up these characters. And I'm hoping to see that. Yes. I'm hoping to see that progress in Beyond the Spider-Verse. Right. It is, like you said, it is a, a an interesting and, and gripping story, but where where the satisfaction comes from here is the way that they built up these characters for the next film. Right. And so hopefully for those that we felt, you know, had a little bit of regression, mm-hmm. we hope for redemption, right? right? For right. those that are finally coming along, like Miles' parents, yeah. Like yes, like let's keep building on building what we on have. That. Right. My hope is that like because there are so many open threads going into the finale, into this final this third film. Yeah. My hope is that they're able to tie everything up and give it the proper like time it deserves because because since you didn't tie anything up really right. at, in the second one, yeah. you're kind of leaving yourself like a lot of ground to cover. Yeah. Story-wise at least and character-wise. Now based on Listen, the first two movies have been spectacular, and they've been really well done. So it leaves me with faith that they're they're going to be able to do that. Yeah. But I just still kind of just worry when there's so many things going on. Yeah. How much can you actually feasibly like tie up and conclude in a two to two and a half hour runtime? Yeah. While also feeling like it, it concludes on a proper note because they give it that amount yeah, of time think, to actually play out. I think that'll be the measure of success for Beyond the Spider-Verse right. is how yep. are you going to wrap this all up? If how does have, Hopefully we eventually get it. Hopefully we one day. Hopefully, maybe. I don't know. Get it. Um, maybe, listen, maybe not. <clears throat> I really enjoyed this movie. I loved this um, movie. I, I, thought, I, I thought it was great. And I loved Into the Spider-Verse. So I was always looking forward to this one. And with expectations yeah. like that, it's hard to be satisfied and i was i thought i thought oh, they yeah. did a great job they pushed so. they pushed the limits with their animation and that's what right. you want to see in this day and age right like yeah look because look at what they're competing with right 
right. visually speaking, as far as like realism goes, you're not going to beat them. Right. So they have found their own style and they've run with it and they're continuing yeah. to do more every time. So that's really exciting to me. Um, mm-hmm. Again, stylistically, it's second to none. I have quite literally never watched anything like this. And, and right. that is super cool to see. And they're, they are... I don't want to say single-handedly, but they're doing a lot to keep animation relevant. Yeah, I think and, so. Because you and I have even had discussions over the years about like really what can, like take Pixar, for example. Mm-hmm. What can they do that they haven't already done? Right. Like at this point, Pixar animation seems to have reached its peak without yeah. just becoming... In terms of style. Yeah. Yeah. You, like it, it doesn't have too much further to go. Right. Films like this are are making sure that animation continues to push the boundaries. To, yeah, it continues to like this movie challenged its or the the creators challenged themselves because the first movie already did that. Right. And the creators went, "All right, well we have to we have to we have to keep going." Yes. And credit to them, they did a really they did a really good job. Really good job. This movie visually and stylistically I think is better than Into the Spider-Verse. In, yeah. in so many ways. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And it, it really it makes me excited for for Beyond the Spider Verse because if that's the if the mindset they took going into this one was you know we got to keep challenging ourselves then that means to me they're going to do the same exact thing with, yeah. with the third sky's film. the limit sky's still the limit to them even if it means you know breaking necks and in being you know it, obviously there's a lot of controversy around this movie for like all the all the people that you know had to quit because they were being overworked yeah and you know I, i'm not going to speak to whether that's good or bad i don't know the full i really don't know the full scope of what happened there i don't think anyone ever will really yeah. but you know in order to break ground and 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 change the landscape you know that's gonna that's gonna cause controversy sure and controversy you know from different lenses is can be good or bad and i think the fact that this film did come with a little controversy just it plays out for the better, I think, honestly, in the long run, because it, it, it means the creators weren't willing to let up on their vision. And I think it'll mean they're not going to be willing to let up on their, their final vision either. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I here mean, for it. I'm here to I am. I'm here to see it through with them. Yep. Me too. Um and just wanna... thankful that I'm not an animator and yeah. I don't have to be no doubt put through those that kind of conditions because that would fucking suck. No doubt. You wanna no grade doubt. it? Yeah, I'm gonna give it. And I think honestly this grade could change because depending on how part two is, I'll probably end up viewing this film yeah, for sure. as a four hour film. Yes. So like when I watch this, I will pop in part two and not think like my initial grade would be like a B plus to an A minus. But I think with part three, it'll probably uptick a little bit because of how I'll be able to view it as a whole, right? Yeah. As an incomplete part, it's it's very well done. I really liked a lot of it. It feels incomplete. And because of that, I can't, I can't go way too high. Right. Which is I'm in that B plus A minus range. But I feel like when that part does come out, when part three is there, or when the third film is there, which is basically part two of this film, that that experience will be lift up up will be yeah. lift up my overall, you know, grading yeah, when, and, and feelings about the film. When it's eventually viewed as a trilogy, mm-hmm. um, I think it might give us a little more context into 
what they had in mind when they made this movie. And yes. that's that's kind of what I'm hoping for, too. We'll kind of fill those gaps a little I bit. I would say the exact same grade. I wasn't sure if I would go B plus or A minus. So yeah. in that range. Yep. Um, yep. But yeah, I think, I think that seeing what they do with the next film will give mm-hmm. me a little bit of insight into... Oh, that's what they were doing. That's, that's what. Yeah. That's what they were. That's thinking, where they were and going. And that with makes this. sense, right? Or that doesn't really make sense. Why did they do it yeah. that way? So we'll see how it goes. Yep. For this movie, and I guess as a kind of tied-in review of the first movie, right. they've done a great job so far. They have true. no reason for me to doubt them. Correct. Um. So I, I I have high hopes for for the third installment. Me too. Me too. Very much so. All right. All right, Dom. I think we did it. That's a review. That is our review. That so is our review. Our you can, review. You can listen to this review in several different places. Uh, lots of places. Um, yeah. At least four. At least. We are on Spotify. Yep. Apple Podcasts. Yep. Um, on either of those, please leave us a five-star review. Yeah. That would be super helpful. And you can leave your thoughts. We'd love to hear from yeah. you. On, on Apple, you can. You can on Spotify, I think. Oh, you can? I think so. Oh, maybe not. Maybe well, I'm dumb. Regardless. 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 Give us that five star. Yeah. Even if you hated it, give us five star just because it's helpful. And it then helps. tell us why you hated but it. But then tell us why you hated it because we read every... That'll confuse some read every, people. read every huh? review. If you left your five star review just to talk about how shitty it was. I wanted to give it a one star, but I, su- I support <laughs> small business creators <laughs> or something. I don't know. Are we content creators? Uh... <laughs> Every once are in a while. Are we influencers? Sometimes we are. Sometimes we're not. <laughs> sometimes it may be good. Sometimes it may be shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, tell your entire family if you like what yeah. we do. And your friends specifically. Tell your friends who like, like your Your grandma probably doesn't care to listen to our, no. our podcast. But. Unless your grandma's obsessed with movies like we are. Right. And she's probably not. But Probably not. Tell your friends at least. Yeah. You could tell your coworkers. You could tell your neighbors if you're close with them or yeah. not. Like that, it'd be kind of weird to just like go. Maybe that's a good way like to you just knock on their with door. your neighbors. Just hey, be like, hey, I brought you this housewarming gift, and it's just like a QR code that sends them to our. That'd be a great gift <laughs> to our page. Honestly, yeah. As we approach the holiday I think it's season, a great, yeah, I think you should gift all of your friends and family our free podcast. Our free podcast. <laughs> That comes at no cost to you. And actually, you don't even have to do anything. Just text no. them a link. Say Merry yeah. Christmas. You don't even have to. I give know them it's a physical, August. Don't care. A physical code. You don't even don't have care. to do that. Get get ahead. Maybe of it. it's their birthday. You know why wait till Christmas? Yeah, why wait? And if you don't want to do that, if you don't want to tell people about it, at least reach out to us. Yeah. And say hey, tell us tell us what uh you tell us what you like about the show. Tell us what you hate about our show. Give us um, suggestions. Give us suggestions. And it doesn't there's... just have to be movies. If you have like a discussion oh, yeah. topic about the film and TV slash mm-hmm. music slash yeah. entertainment industry, yep. we're happy to hear it. I know we've been teasing this for a while, but we got a big, big, big show coming out we soon about we music. We do. I think it's kind of the first. It's outside of me bashing Taylor Swift for 30 minutes. I think and it's me calling her a musical genius. You didn't or something call her a along. musical genius. I think I, I called her a genius of sorts. Maybe I don't a remember. business a business savant. I don't remember how. I've never. I don't said, remember the I've context never either. Said the because word honestly, savant I I blacked out when we had that conversation <laughs> because I just hated that I was mentioning. You blacked out from Taylor rage. Swift so much. Um, outside of that podcast, we haven't really done much music, but I think this one will be a very good contextualizer yeah. as to our our taste and our how we how music influences us. Um, yeah. 
that's going to be coming soon. And it's I coming think, eventually. It'll be long, and it's going to take us some work. So that's yes, that's right. why we've been teasing it for so long. Yep, because um, it's, a, it's we kind of a process. We haven't put it on the shelf. Mm-hmm. We just we want to give it a. Uh, we need to give it its due. You know, we want to make sure we're doing it justice because it's 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 not it's not just like a a sit down and talk about this two hour movie you just watched. It's a, it's a sit down and talk about these multiple projects. And how they combine into one spanning thing, decades, spanning decades and genres, and you know we're we're also like breaking it down and giving each other lists of songs to listen. Like we're putting a lot of background yeah. work into yeah, it right. to to make it you know more than what it you know could be if we just kind of sat down and and talked about it. So anyway, there's a anyway, teaser. There it is. Um, you can follow us on Instagram. On Facebook at Front Row Podcast. You can email us at frontrowmedia1 at gmail.com. Yes, yes. You know, either way, what, however you want to reach out. We, I'd give out my phone number, but I'm scared of doing that, so I won't. Um, anyway, yeah, we appreciate you all. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you the next time. We'll see you in the next time. In we'll the see multiverse. You, we'll see. <laughs> Somewhere out there. Our yeah, podcast, if there's a multiverse version of us, exists infinite amount of times. If there's like a version of me out there who's like, you know, happily married and like has a <laughs> has a beautiful wife and like kids that they love, uh, let me know because it'll, it'll just give me hope. If there's a version you know? of me that lives on five acres, oh. has like two or three dogs. Maybe really, maybe really like well-behaved a, dogs. Maybe like a horse, even that you get to ride maybe around. Some, maybe some animals. Yeah. Um, let me know. Yeah. I'd love to hear about that. We need a little motivation. <laughs> Do you think we're the best front row podcast? A hundred percent. Okay. okay. Just <laughs> Ain't nobody like us except us. Okay? Just, just checking. My my belief in a multiverse is kind of shot down immediately when I think about the fact that there's other versions of me because, sorry, can't create another version of what me, if, brother. What if the canon event is is losing your recording of the devil all the time? <laughs> Every single, instead of losing a loved one, we yeah. lost... One of our favorite recordings, oh, and maybe that's God. maybe that's the canon event. We never did we we never released. We should go back to that movie. Yeah, we might eventually. We might still have the shitty audio of it. God, <laughs> just that was so disappointing. I was one of the worst moments of my life when we played it back, and it was just the most obnoxious sound. And it was just so physically draining <laughs> too. Talking about that depressing ass movie, and then to get to get done and be like. Oh my God, none of this work can be yeah. used. I was just physically, emotionally, and mentally just. It changed the, it changed the way that we prepped for all of it our did. podcasts. Yeah. From then on out, it forced us for to. For a while, like, we, we were pausing and checking audio midway through, like yeah. every 15 minutes. We, we would get. We, audio. It forced us into buying new equipment, which yeah. honestly probably worked out for the better well, anyway. And also, um, the theft of our old equipment. Oh, yeah. That that's was right. part of it. My old MacBook got stolen. Yeah, it did. So many files weird, on there. Weird times, man. It's fun to look back at our it our is. podcast. It's been a journey. It's been a journey. It's still going. It's been a journey, man. And that excites me. All right. All right. Well, we'll see you guys. See you later. Later on. Bye-bye. Bye.